0: Hello and welcome back to the CJ Sports Podcast. I am your host Charlie Walker and I am just coming off the back of my playoff bracket for the BBL playoffs being shattered by the Newcastle Eagles. I predicted an upset, I I predicted a close game that the Sharks would come out the victors of and beaten at the buzzer by a fantastic play by Ramon Fletcher. What an unbelievable lob pass that was. Uh, I predicted the sharks to get it done because of the Newcastle Newcastle Eagles defense not being able to get a stop when they needed one. I was semi-proved right. The sharks got a good shot off at the buzzer, couldn't get it to go in, and the Newcastle Eagles progress. And what a fantastic first round of basketball we had! That fourth versus fifth matchup always going to be the best one out of the lot. Two closely paired teams. So let's talk about that tie first, and the Eagles versus the Sharks. Like I say, I did predict. The Sharks to get it done against the Eagles' defence. The Eagles had the worst defensive record out of any of the playoff teams coming in. And I just said, when it comes down to it, they're not going to get a stop. And I was right to an extent. For those that didn't watch it, you missed out on a great game. Uh, It was a one possession game on aggregate with uh, 3 minutes 30 to go. And they just traded big bucket after big bucket down the stretch. When I talk about the Eagles not being able to get a stop... The score was 79-79 with 27 seconds left and Jeremy Hemsley, who had a fantastic few games, took the ball at the court and just isolated on uh, on Edwards. That play in itself, the Eagles could have given up an open shot on three different occasions. Hemsley tried to drive right. Gordon cut off Hemsley's drive, leaving the red heart Kipper Nichols, who hadn't missed a shot all night, open in the corner. Hemsley clearly with the attitude of, no, nope, I'm going to take this shot myself. Fair enough. I have a Cape team basketball, but... Clearly it was the right decision because he ended up scoring. He then drove left. Darius Defoe, respect to the legend, but left in no man's land on this play. Left Koch wide open for a layup and didn't contest Hemley's floater. Hemsley rose up, drained it for two. Roman Fletcher comes up with an unbelievable play on the next possession. Comes up with a fantastic lob pass to Gordon with three players in his face. So then the score is 81-81. The aggregate score... The Sharks are down two, And a great play drawn up by Albeda Lions, Uh, Rotino and Koch left open, cutting to the rim. I think if Lewis would have been slightly more patient on the inbound and let the play develop, he had Rotino for a better wide open layup than Koch had. As it turns out, finds Koch early and he had a good look. Difficult look, but a good look wide open. Another defensive breakdown by Defoe and I missed it. So when it came down to it, the Eagles gave up a wide open shot at the buzzer. So their defence did almost let them down in the end. But credit where it's due, they got it done, they proved me wrong. My bracket's done already, I predicted a fantastic game. It was a fantastic game. With that first leg between Jeremy Hemsley and Fletcher, it really did live up to the billing. Uh, Hemsley with 21, Fletcher with 18. Kipper Nichols in the second leg as well, 9 for 9, 20 points. Fantastic series between two really, really hard-fighting teams. And yeah, the Eagles progress and they go and play the Riders who really blew the Flyers out of the water in the first leg. That was done after the first leg. 29-point win. Um, Holding the Flyers to 2 for 23 from 3. I said before the game, the Riders with the league's best interior defence, that means the Flyers are going to have to be able to shoot over them efficiently and they couldn't get it done. And that really was the downfall. Uh, 2 for 23 from 3 and then 25 for 75 against the best ranked BBL defence. Now, it wasn't always a foregone conclusion. Uh, that first half, 33-30 to 30 in the Riders' favour. Eric Lockett putting on a show in that second quarter. He scored 15 in the first half and 8 consecutive points in the second quarter to keep it close. But then, the Riders' the Riders' offence just clicked into gear. Won the third quarter, 32-15, to 15, and that was the tie then and there. One quarter and that's, that's your lot. They shot 55% from the field after a bad shooting first half and put the game to bed. Um, the flies in the second leg did make a good account of themselves. They seemed to play better with that weight off their shoulders. No expectation. Down 29. Just wanted to put in a good performance. They shot 10 for 26 from three. So the pressure really did help them. Um, they were competitive in the fourth quarter in the second tie. Clearly, I don't think when they're playing in that situation, are really worried about the aggregate score. And Mo Walker as well for the Riders. What a fantastic comeback from him. Really made a statement. I mean, the guy's been sat out two years from injury. One season-ending injury on one hamstring, comes back the next season, injures the other one, looks like he's done for the year, comes back and now really looks up to pace. He makes this team so dangerous. In the absence of Ali Fraser, he stepped up and now they just have so many ways to beat you. They had so many ways to beat you before, now they have that battering, bruising Mo Walker who got efficient, productive points, led the bench unit on both legs And was one of the five double-digit scorers in the first leg and six in the second leg. They have so many players that could beat you all over the floor. They're going to be a tough match for the Eagles. And yeah, really brushed aside the Flyers. It really did look like a one versus eight matchup. And speaking of a team that can sweep away their opponent, the London Lions also getting it done in the second leg. Now, I expected this game to be messy from the start. Just because of the Phoenix three-point percentage over the course of the season, worst in the league, I thought this was going to get messy because the Lions have good interior defence, but they kept it close in the first leg. And the only way they could have kept it close is keeping the score low. And that's what they did. They took the best three-point shooting team in the BBL down to 30% from three and 43% from the field, forced them into 17 turnovers. That Lions' offence really wasn't clicking in the first leg. The second leg, however, they sorted it out and it really was within no doubt in that second leg. They led by as much as 48 points in the tie, brought those turnovers down to 11, brought that three-point percentage up to 45%. They won the first half of the second leg, 60-31. to A little bit of a scare in the first leg, maybe, but I don't think the tie was really in any doubt. Now, the big three of the Lions, Robinson, Liggins and Williams, played well over the two ties, but for them to stand any chance in the future legs, they're going to need more from their bench. The game where they struggled the most, the first leg, they had 11 bench points in the first game, just 11. They had 35 in the second, and that's when they put the tie beyond any doubt. So for them to make it any further, they're going to need that same level of production, and they become pretty much unbeatable if their bench is clicking like that. Now, where I thought the Phoenix could complete, compete is if Karen Ross really stepped up for his team, and he didn't particularly. 13 points in the first time, 9 points in the second. The Lions really did null that threat. A little bit disappointing from Cameron Ross. I know there was little expectation he was coming up against the two seed, but you'd want a little bit more production, a little bit more fight. Not going to hold it against him too much, but he was really the best chance of making some noise and really kind of failed to do so. Nobody really stepped up to the Phoenix. And yeah, after an exciting first leg, second leg, absolute dominance from the Lions. And the final tie, the Lions progressed to go play the Plymouth Raiders, who in similar fashion really did struggle to get through that first leg. And for similar reasons, the Raiders' big three in uh, Ricky McGill, Ashley Hamilton and Mike big that big three scored 123 points of the team's 190 in the two games. Okay, it might be good enough to beat the Worcester Wolves. And it's not going to be good enough to beat the Lions. They're going to need more. They can't rely... ...on those big three to get them through every single tie. Ricky McGill, absolutely fantastic over those two legs. 29 points in the first, 28 in the second. Averaged 28.5 points, 6.5 assists and 6.5 rebounds over the two games. My question is, can he continue that hot form going into the Lions game? If he sustains the form, it's one of the greatest individual runs of all time. If he can't, and the Raiders don't get any more production off their bench or outside of the big three they're not going to be able to compete with the Lions. Now, the Wolves proved opposite to the Raiders. They put on a really good showing. In that first leg, in the absence of their two leading scorers who left midway through the season, they really put in a team effort, and they had five players scoring in double digits in both games. Now, they shot 54% in the first leg, which to me highlights more questions about the Raiders' defence than anything else. When eBay left in uh, mid-season, they did become a good team. They were 6-1, and one, but they slowly started to fall down that defensive ranking they have been a different team since they lost him with him they had fantastic interior defense and the best defense in the bbl he was an offensive liability their offense was not as good without him they're okay defensively and they have good offense that relies on star power now is relying on star power going to get you past the london lions i don't believe so however if those three can go off in both games and the lions struggle offensively like they did in the first leg they stand a chance of pulling it off So I guess it's time to revamp my bracket then. So we've got the Riders versus the Eagles in the first semi-final tie. Now the Riders have home court advantage like the Eagles did in the first leg of the Sharks game. Will that play some part? I think it might. Now this is a huge rivalry, so certain things can go out of the window. If you're basing it off form and performance over the season, I think the Riders can win comfortably. But because of this rivalry, and because of how badly the Eagles will want to put one over the Riders, I don't think you can consider that too much. Now, the Eagles did struggle with the Sharks, and the Riders easily swept the Flyers' aside, but I don't think that can be considered. The reason I don't think it can be considered is because in the last game, if the Riders win, they win the title. This was meant to be their parade, and the Eagles won 90-80. to When these teams last matched up, they looked on par with each other. Now, is it going to be different now it's the playoffs? Maybe. I think it could be different. And with recent form and the confidence that the Riders are coming off of, yeah, maybe it will be a different tie. But the Eagles are brimming with confidence now. The momentum that comes with pulling off that close tie, it really can't be understated. So I think we're going to be in for a very close encounter. But I think the Riders will pull through. But I think the Eagles, they're going to push them close. I do think, though, in the BBL, there are two teams that are a cut above the rest. The Riders and the Lions really do seem ahead of everybody else and it it does seem like a collision course between those two teams which is why i think we're going to get that in the final we're going to get the lions versus the riders and i think the lions versus the raiders matchup is interesting because you have kind of a battle of a big three with liggins williams and robinson for the lions and for the raiders mcgill morsel and hamilton i think that's going to be a really interesting encounter And I think it might come down to just which of those three performs better. Now, Now, I do think both big threes will show up. And at that point, it will come down to who's got the better supporting cast. And undoubtedly, the Lions supporting cast has played much better than the Raiders. Which is why I see the Lions coming through. I think the Lions just have a better big three and a better supporting cast. And when you have just that, and when you have that advantage in talent, it's hard to bet against you. Now, if Ricky McGill continues this run, it's going to cause the Lions serious problems. But the Lions flying at the minute after beating after beating the phoenix so comfortably so i see the lions versus the riders in the final and let's see if this bracket holds true i don't see any upsets from here on out i think the lions versus the riders final is going to be a fantastic cap on what has been a brilliant season and a brilliant advert for british basketball and this semi-finals especially the riders versus the eagles is going to be a must watch I think everybody's going to be having a fantastic time watching those games. And there really is nothing like playoff basketball. There really is nothing like coming down to the last few seconds and knowing if you lose, your season is over. And that's what we got with the Eagles versus the Sharks. That is basketball at its best and long may it continue. Well that's it for my first round recap, uh, I figured there was no use in doing my preview without following it up uh, and I'll be doing these throughout the playoffs so be sure to tune into my finals preview when we have that matchup confirmed. Once again, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the next round of basketball.